Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Let's ride. for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. Oh man, what's up Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to the final episode of the Incline Dodgers 2023 season where the Los Angeles Dodgers pulled a Casper the Ghost and no-showed and got swept by the 84-win Arizona Diamondbacks team. So I guess I'm the a-hole who thought that the Dodgers were going to sweep the Arizona Diamondbacks and... The complete opposite happened. The Arizona Diamondbacks swept the Los Angeles Dodgers. 100-win season, all for nothing. Just like last season, 111-win season, all for nothing. Both to NL West wildcard foes to make matters even worse. I am going to steam in just a few minutes, but before um, I do all that, want to say we are presented by Fansided. This is Kevin Klein speaking. Thank you, guys. I want to thank everyone for following the Dodgers and us all season long. Right now, I'm joined by Chris Camello, who's filling in. Jake Reiner will join us in a little bit. Chris, I know you're not doing well, but I still got to ask, how you doing and what's on your mind? Well, on the plus side, the Lakers won a preseason game. <laughs> Just a little humor. No, I'm, I'm, I, I have, you know, it's like a comedian. You use comedy or humor to uh, mask the, the misery and the disappointment and the depression that surrounds your life. And that's, that's what I'm trying to do right now. Uh, I can't say I'm surprised uh, because this team has made us, I want to say, indifferent to losing in October in a lot of ways. They've made it. Um, they've set a new standard every year. They find different ways to lose games. Uh, they did not pitch well in the series at all. Their bullpen was fantastic, but their starters were absolutely atrocious. And I think that's putting it kindly, uh, whether it be because of injury inexperience, or you are allergic to not throwing home runs in the case of Lance Lynn, their offense, Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. I mean, if you wanted to go one for 21, you should have just had, uh, Miguel Vargas and Michael Bush at the top of your lineup. Uh, so they they were very disappointing. And to be quite honest, I think they deserve the lion's share of the blame. Uh, questionable decision-making by Dave Roberts, but I don't know if everything is his fault. I know you and I will have, probably have some different disagreements on that. But really, Kev, it's the mentality. And October baseball is different. 
And that's the catch 22 of this whole thing. It's like, well, why would you change what got you there and what led you to become a hundred win team? Great point, but you do got to tweak something. And if it's not going to tweak your approach, it's got to be your mentality. And when you see teams like Houston meet the moment, beating a wild card caliber team, yet again, going to their seventh straight LCS, I know that's hard to stomach. The, you have to look at the mentality because the talent's there, Kev, right? The talent's really mostly there. Yeah, there were injuries to the pitching staff, but they had yeah. enough talent to score more than six runs over three games. So that's where we're at right now. And that's a big reason why they lost in this series. They got outpowered. They got out executed. They got out small balled. They got out starting pitched. They got out managed and they got outclassed by a divisional team who really only got in because the Cubs and the, and the Reds and the Padres and the Giants really fell off the final weeks of September a little bit more than they did. So they snuck in and they deserve to go where they're going, man. Shout out to Tori Lovello. Shout out to that organization. They met the moment and they deserve to be there. Man. I mean, the, the most glaring stat is the fact that Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman went one for 21 in the NLDS. I wish we could rescind any MVP votes that they got. I guess that what that's what makes them most valuable players because when they actually do something, they add value to the team because the Dodgers are going nowhere when these guys can't produce shit. I mean, what the hell is with this report that Freddie Freeman has lost his swing for five weeks? Where was that entering the postseason? Mookie Betts, what do you go? 0 for 11 in the entire NLDS? Mm -hmm. 0 for 10, 0 for 11? And was only safe on an error. In game two. You see this notepad? Fucking done. I was the biggest Mookie Betts fan there was. And I'm turning a corner. This guy is soft as a Casper pillow. He's going to probably record a podcast tomorrow where he's talking about bowling and pretends like the postseason never happened. Even his post-game press conferences tonight were pretty weak, in my opinion. I lost I lost the games for us. I didn't show up. Yeah, no shit, Mookie. Do something about it. This is the second consecutive postseason series in a row where you absolutely no-showed and you cost us the series. You are the leadoff hitter. Like Ivy is saying, I can't believe a 5'9 guy got $365 million. The height is irrelevant to me. But if you're going to pay this guy $365 million for the lifetime of his contract, you got to do more than have no hits in a freaking postseason series. I, Kobe Bryant would have never allowed this to happen. If Kobe Bryant was a baseball player, he would have died to get at least one hit possible. Mookie Best is just swinging for the fences, little lazy pop-ups. And this is just, I, I, I want a word vomit. Like This is the worst postseason outing I have ever seen by a single Dodgers player. Congratulations, Mookie Betts. Two seasons in a row, you've let us down. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, all this, and I know, once again, I know where you're at with Roberts. But was Dave Roberts the one in the batter's box? Was Dave Roberts the one on the mound? Was Dave Roberts the one that was bobbling ball, ground balls at third base? No. It wasn't. So as much as we may want to blame him for not having his team prepared, at the end of the day, there's an old saying, players win and coaches lose. But I think that's BS and that's a BS cop-out. You deserve responsibility. You want to make the big money? You want to be the star of LA? This is what comes with it. Because every one of the LA greats, I don't care, you mentioned Kobe Bryant, People threw darts at him in 97 and 98 and 99 and in 2008. He took those licks 
by the media. Kareem took those licks in 84 and in game one, the Memorial Day Massacre in 85. Magic, tragic magic. And what did they do? Do you think they took that lying down? No, there was the I'll show you and Mookie now has to eat it. And I, and maybe this is good for him because I think in LA, as much as I love Mookie, he's a sensational talent. He's got a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think he's a good guy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Maybe that's the problem. I wish there was a little bit more sand in that craw. There isn't. There, he's not doing what Bryce Harper is doing right now in Philadelphia. Yeah, that I is mean, the problem. And Kev, what is that? It's not talent. Bryce is not exactly more talented than Mookie. What does he have? Anyone? Oh, he's got a killer mentality. He's got intensity. Where the hell was it, these guys, him and Freddie, where was their intensity at? It was vacant, bro. That's what really upsets me. There was no clap back. No, I'll show you. And say what you want about guys like Carlos Correa or Trevor Bauer, any of these guys. That mentality, that a-hole arrogant mentality plays in October, Kev. It plays. And you know what, does. Pretty sure Bryce Harper has more RBIs than the Dodgers scored in their entire three games this postseason. That is correct. What do we, we put up? A measly six runs total? Bryce so almost... Two runs in, a game? I was just about to say, Bryce hit two home runs, right? on In game three between the Phillies and the Braves. Four RBIs in game three on, on Wednesday afternoon. Six RBIs for the Dodgers total in three games. That is that is pathetic. Yeah, we have one home run. Was it just J.D. Martinez's solo shot? Oppo, yeah. Power just was non-existent. And the one guy that got a lot of criticism and people wanted to trade him because he had a bad game was Will Smith. Well, guess what? Will Smith was actually the only Dodger besides Kike Hernandez. I'll get... We'll get into more Kike in a, a minute, but Will Smith as a starter was truly the only guy who actually showed up. He went five for 12 with two RBIs, hit 417 with 1,084 OPS, and people want to trade him? Yeah. How are you going to trade Will Smith after Cartaya has been a no-show? He's hitting under 200 in the minors. Right. Dalton rushing is awesome, but guess what? He's only he reached level A. You yeah. can't expect a guy to go from level A to Major League Baseball that quick unless your name is evan carter <laughs> will smith is one guy that i think's got to stay but there are some other guys that i'm ready to say blow it up and i think one of those guys who was really disappointing this october and made a couple bobbles today is max muncie Max Muncy didn't do anything this postseason. He's been a liability all season long defensively at third. They got to make a culture shift somewhere. They got to move somebody out here. David Peralta, you can kick his ass. He's a free agent. Goodbye. Uh, Jason Hayward, I'm willing to bring back because I think he actually has heart. Kike Hernandez, who was also one of the only few Dodgers who showed up in this postseason. You got to re-sign him as well. I don't think Kike is going to have to demand being a starter this go around, but this guy actually shows up in the postseason. I think he went three for seven, maybe three for eight. And then Chris Taylor, you want to talk about haunting moments? Let me know in the chat if you agree. That home run, that or I should say that flyout that Chris Taylor hit to dead center, which would have tied the game. I believe that was in the top of the eighth, maybe top of the seventh. 407 feet. That would have been a home run at Dodger Stadium. Chris Taylor despite not really having the numbers to show for it. He actually showed up in this series as well. So I'm willing to bring back CT3. It's a damn shame that he didn't start in the first place over David Peralta. I thought that was a head scratcher. It was another head scratcher to me that Dave Roberts chose to pinch hit 
Austin Barnes in a crucial situation with runners in scoring position with two outs. Did you not learn from last year, asshole, when you put in Austin Barnes against Josh Hader? How'd that one work out? Austin Barnes hasn't done shit all season, and that's the guy you want to go to with your season in the balance, not James Altman, who decided to just kick to the corner, even though, yeah, he had a bad game too. But I'm putting James Altman in a crucial spot over Austin Barnes any day of the week. I do not care if it was a lefty. You go with James Altman. You do not go with Austin Barnes. That is on par with the Colton Wong pitch hitting situation in the pre- previous game. Dave Roberts had a good series overall, but a couple of these pinch hitting situations. One, it speaks to me that this Dodgers bench was once again fraudulent, not as deep as we were hoping. And two, I just don't understand the logic here. Like Lucas and Sadie show is saying, Alman hit lefties pretty well this season, but no, you want to go with the wimp, the backup catcher, Austin Barnes, instantly grounds up uh to the to the right side ends the innings kills the rally just stupid yeah yeah the austin barnes i think he made two blunders that were pretty obvious one was pinch hitting for rojas in game two with colton wong cold off the bench and the austin barnes versus andrew saul frank that was austin barnes hadn't had a single at bat all, all series long so yeah i mean that's just what are you doing in that moment you got to trust a guy like Peralta because he could come through. He had been able to hit lefties in the past. And another thing, Kev, I, a little bit of a side note, I, and I'm tired, and I think this applies, I hate to say this to you and your show as well, and to all sports media analysts, myself included, I will take responsibility. Stop looking at regular season matchups as a blueprint for why or why you won't be successful in October. It is a different animal. Let's stop doing it. And if we are going to continue to do it, let's let's follow it up with whatever the stat is. Merrill Kelly's 0 for 11 at Dodger Stadium on his birthday all time. Whatever BS stat that you, that Vassay comes up with and, and, and follow it up with, but it is October. It's a new season, so we shall see. I want to hear more of that instead of just banking on regular season success. Dodgers won 14 out of 19 against the Padres last year. How'd that go for them? This year they Awful. won eight. Eight out of 13, exactly. Eight out of 13 against the Snakes. How did that work for them? Thank Choked. you. Next question. Next question, please. Yeah, so stop of, doing that. It's a shallow of, effing argument, bro. Yeah, speaking of questions, I uh, want to thank everyone who's watching live right now on YouTube. Feel free to ask questions in the chat below. We are waiting for Jake Reiner. He is on his way, and we'll get his thoughts on things as well. Um, there were a couple of comments that I did want to read. Uh, first off, Jason Castillo bringing up a great point need to change the organizational culture. So we're going to get into that in just a second. We need more bad guys. Um, he also followed up, get me an angry cranky manager. That is not a slave to the state. Maria G sign guys that want to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. Ryan saying, if you want to go a different direction, Dodgers aren't trading bets or Freeman going to have to look at, Will and or Max, if you want to shake things up. Um, Max Muncy's looking like the odd man out at this point. But yeah, chi- this it's time's up. We got to do something. Yeah. I am hoping that there is a press conference. No, I don't even need a press conference. Give me a press release saying that the Dodgers and Dave Roberts have parted ways. It's time. Choke after choke after choke. 
It doesn't matter who's on the roster. They changed the players. It's the same outcome. We had an NLCS exit, an NLDS exit, and an NLDS exit sweep since winning the 2020 World Series. And don't forget what happened in 2019. He also lost in the NLDS as well. So what is that? Three out of the last five seasons, we've lost in the NLDS despite winning over 100 games. Mm -hmm. No other manager would survive this. Is it because Andrew Friedman views Dave Roberts as a yes man puppet? Is he a dummy? Is this guy on strings? Is he easy to manipulate? Is the front office really just pushing all the buttons here? And Dave Roberts is the fall guy. I don't know. But clearly, Dave Roberts isn't motivating these guys. He's not the X factor whatsoever at all when it comes to postseason management. And this is probably his best postseason performance outside of 2020. And they still lost. Well, I... I understand what you're saying. I do think Dave brings the positive clubhouse culture. Remember, I don't give this, a shit. Okay. Well, well, I'll let you continue. Th- there's, there's two aspects to being a, a successful head coach, right? A lot of time or, or manager or whatever, right? One is you're great with X's and O's. You're a great tactician. The other is you know how to manage personalities. You know how to get the best out of guys. You know which buttons to press. Very few do both. Pat Riley, Phil Jackson, Bill Belichick, not lately, but through the years, Red yeah. Auerbach, even Steve Kerr has done a really good job of that. As far as baseball goes, Bruce Bochy, Joe Torre, Sparky Anderson back in the day, Larusa, even, you All know winners. what, even, even Dusty Baker. Dusty has done an outstanding job. I would job take and, you him know, over Dave Roberts any Oh, yeah. It, it's funny. People uh, were ready to keep him in, in retirement. I, I'm the only one who's been saying for years, Dusty Baker, never mind the World Series. This guy knows how to manage his ass off and get the best out of guys each time around while also holding them accountable. Where Dave struggles isn't the clubhouse culture, isn't getting the best out of guys. It's the tactician aspect of it. And even in this era of analytics, and you got all these bench coaches and everyone like Bob Guerin and Danny Lehman and Mark Pryor all, all around you and stuff, you still have to know which buttons to push. And for whatever reason, with the lack of a killer mentality from the players really at the top of your lineup, as well as questionable in-game decision-making, that is how you lose in October and failing to meet the moment. That is a big aspect of it. And maybe it wasn't felt as much this year, but it's definitely been felt in a lot of the other failures in the Dave Roberts era. Merrick Lamb calling me out. How's that 3-0 prediction looking, Kevin? And that prediction that they would still win after going down 0-2? That's right. I'm the asshole who got it wrong. Oh, well. So own it, Kev. It. Own I, it. I absolutely own it. They let Good. Brandon Fott and his five and a half ERA dick them down tonight. They had no life. Um, I, I, I just don't know half, what to say. Five and a half in the regular season, brother. This and is the, the playoffs. Oh, he was bad in the postseason too. He went two and two thirds innings against Milwaukee. They had to oh, he gave up him. three runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, my my fault. I forgot he pitched game one. Okay, so <laughs> that was that was a postseason ERA. Okay, mea culpa. Both, I got both you. Of them, yes. Yeah. Well, <laughs> very bad until they faced the Dodgers. So go sure. freaking figure. But I also want to call out the hitting coach, hitting coaching staff led by Robert Van Scoyock. It's time to fire their asses into the sun. This launch angle approach is great and all in the regular season, but we're seeing it with team after team. It is not a sustainable outcome 
in the playoffs. How are the Diamondbacks getting on board? Yeah, they teed off on Lancelin. I'll get on Lancelin in a few minutes. But the first two games, they were manufacturing runs. It was hard bloopers. It was man. It was bunting. It was sack flies. They were creating runs. And what do the Dodgers do out there? They're swinging for the fences time after time. Guys like Mookie Betts, who have just changed their careers into being home run hitters and apparently can't do anything else except hit home runs in the playoffs now, apparently. Max Muncy, just a pure home run guy. James Altman, swinging for the fences. This is not a sustainable or the right approach in the playoffs because guess what? You are facing the best of the best pitchers or they know how to locate their balls so that they can induce flyouts. I don't know why the Dodgers do the same maddening thing every freaking postseason where they're too reliant on the home run and every team knows it. And so that's why they're able to completely shut us down. That is why the Dodgers were pathetic in games one, two, and three with the offense. I just cannot believe how bad we looked all series long against an Arizona Diamondbacks team that didn't even have the greatest pitching in the world. No. Un-freaking believable. Well, like Bob Costas once said, after the Dodgers got eliminated by the 88-win Braves teams in 2021, it's not about always who you play, but when you play them. And uh, But I think we were all burned out with Bob Costas' voice and uh, after how that series went. But honestly, Kev, that's that's... You know, and and I I know you want to touch on Lance Lynn, but I want to touch on this format because, you know, depending on what happens with the Braves the next couple of days, they're down two one, and they got thumped today uh, by by Harper Castellanos and the and the Fighting Phils. By the way, shout out to them. That's a team that's built for October, and I've been saying that Braves are a powerhouse, but the Phillies are built for October, and they got no fear of Atlanta, who's also got a battered uh, pitching staff as well. Uh, But there is something to be said because this is two years in a row now. Where they're lose, where the NL teams are getting smoked by the wild card teams. In the AL, the Houston Astros seem to have it figured out, and last year the Yankees did too. Remember, the Yankees were facing the wild card winner, which were the Guardians, and they beat them, I believe, in five games. Um, but this sitting around for five days, I thought it was a good thing, considering all the injuries that the Dodgers had. You know, you wanted it to get the rest up and and set your rotation and everything. But the aspect of cooling down and sitting around, it may work in a sport like basketball where it's a very physically demanding sport or football for that matter. But in baseball, that really takes the air out of your sails. And while one team is hot and hyped and and excited and riding that adrenaline, the other one now has to like, it's almost like a grandfather trying to get out of a rocking chair. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm getting up. And that's been the Dodgers where they cannot gear up that energy to get rolling again. And in a five-game series, Kev, your margin for error is razor thin. So that urgency has got to be felt immediately. And and you could have all the intra-squad games in the world, but guess what? That's not a a, a good simulation for for a real game. I don't care if Russell Westbrook can hit 100 threes from the top of the key. You know, uh, how is he going to about Russell Westbrook? But I'm making a point here. All right, and and please go with me on it. You know where I'm going with it. It it doesn't matter what you're doing in the workouts. That's great to stay sharp and everything, but that doesn't simulate the urgency and the atmosphere. And so. I, I, I don't know how the Dodgers fix that if they're in a similar situation again next year outside of changing their approach and changing their mentality. Chris, I hear you out. 
but I feel like that's just an excuse. It's not an, I'm not saying it's an excuse, but for whatever reason, they're not responding to it the way a team like the Astros is responding to it. Okay. But I let you talk. Now it's my turn. To me, the format people blaming the format is just an excuse. Clayton Kershaw was going to go on the same amount of rest, no matter what. And he got lit up. He got his ass lit up like a firework. That's not a format issue. The reason I feel like the Dodgers were sluggish in that game was because they were down instantly nine to nothing. So it's pretty deflating to come right out of the gate. Game two, I have no idea what, what went wrong there. But again, Mookie, or sorry, Freddie Freeman said he couldn't find a swing for five weeks. So how does a five-day layoff related to, oh, I can't find my swing for five weeks. We saw the same thing with Mookie Betts. He didn't have a home run in his last 16 regular season games, 19 regular season games, something like that. We saw him falling off pretty much as well in the month of September. I think the problem might be that these Dodgers play too hard in August, flame out, and then by the time September rolls around, they get into a funk and they can't seem to recover once we get into the postseason. Um, now, there's something to be said that the five days off could mess with timing, but to me, excuses. You already brought up the Astros. They've had no ill consequences of the layoff. Nope. They seem to be fired up and win no problem. So to me, there's one organization, the Dodgers, that are choking year after year. And then there's a franchise that I absolutely despise. A lot of you, Chris probably hates them, or at least at the very like doesn't respect them because of what they did in 2017. But I've moved past that. The Astros have built something that is sustainable to win in the postseason. It starts with Dusty Baker, who's been a great leader. But my goodness, Alex Bregman steps up. Kyle Tucker steps up. Jordan Alvarez, who was Mm. once a Dodger, a monster, every single postseason series. And then they get guys like Justin Verlander, who has big game after big game. And then the Framber Valdez and Christian Javier's, they step up. Those are big game pitchers. Uh, Urquidy is another guy who throws a wicked changeup, and I'm not seeing that out of the Dodgers. So quick pause here because there's a lot of people watching, and I want to thank every single one of you personally. If you haven't hit that like button, please do so right now so you boost us up. If you want to subscribe, I would appreciate that as well. This podcast is brought to you by TickPick because TickPick is the best ticketing website out there. the baseball season's over, so you can't buy Dodgers tickets anymore using TickPick, but there's no service fees at checkout. So if you're excited for basketball season, um, they have the best killer deals out there. I was looking at concert tickets as well. They continue to beat the stub hubs and vivid seats and Ticketmaster, no fees. So yeah, NFL, NBA, TickPick's the best site out there. Download the app today. Um, let's see what we got going on in the chat. Maria G, JRM, I'm about to unsubscribe from his channel, his podcast, like, nope, enough of this fraud. Uh, she's talking about Mookie Betts because, goddamn, Mr. 3000, Mr. 300 and his bowling is just a no-show every October. Sean, we love it. Frankie Hanolus, Hano move on from Roberts and Kershaw. Time to reset. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What else we got? Jason Castillo. I can buy Astros tickets. Yes, you can because they're still alive. Um, yeah, yeah, they're them and the Rangers. That's going to be a heck of an ALCS, man. Both teams really match up fairly well, and we'll see who of the injured uh Rangers pitchers is actually available in that series. And Michael Hoffer making a good point last year, we won the first game after layoff, it was the three after that killed us. Mm-hmm. Beth yeah. Jance, Beth Jensen Roberts is definitely blamed for stupid decisions, but the offense just sucked. Yeah. Um, Jake's going to be hopping on in just a minute. So I will wait. I'm going to admit him in actually right now. Yep. And also I shared, uh, I shared the link uh, to this podcast on my uh, Twitter page. I don't, I don't call it X. I call it Twitter. <laughs> there he is. Jake Reiner has reported for duty. We are live on YouTube. We got a hundred people watching comments are firing off. We haven't gotten too deep into things yet. Jake, if I'm being honest, it's been a lot of ranting, but because you just hopped on, I want you to set the tone. You bring up one topic you want to just get off your chest right away, and we'll dive into it. A lot of people are hopping in late as well, so you don't have to feel like you're repeating yourself. I appreciate that. One word, gentlemen. Pathetic. Just mm. pathetic. Just absolutely abhorrent, pathetic, a disgrace. We put a lot of time and energy and sweat watching these games all season long. We thought this team was different. We really thought that this team had a different culture than the last team, last year's team, which kind of had that Hollywood. We don't really care. We're going to win. We're going to win anyway. We've got all these great names and this, you know, this great roster, 111 wins. And then they don't show up in the postseason. You think, okay, Something needs to change here. There's a culture shift that needs to happen. So they get rid of a lot of guys or they let Trey Turner go. They let Justin Turner go. And they add these other guys, these grit guys, these Miguel Rojas's and Jason Hayward's and David Peralta's. And the way that they were talking about this team when they clinched the division, I thought this team sounds different. This team sounds different. You've got Miguel Rojas. In the clubhouse, Jason Hayward making speeches when they clinch the division. And I thought that those are the voices I want to hear from. Right. Those guys that are not only fighting for playing time, they're fighting for rings. Miguel Rojas doesn't have a ring. Jason Hayward does. And I thought that that urgency was going to carry over. Mm-hmm. And it just is the same shit. I don't understand it. I, I honestly don't get it. I was driving home. 
I was listening to Dodger talk, Tim Cates. I, I, I couldn't believe it. Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, a combined one for 21. What the hell? Yeah. How does that, how does that happen? It's, uh, it's I, we said it a thousand times. This team's not going to have any success in the postseason if they don't get any production from those guys. It's a disgrace, an absolute embarrassment. I don't know what to do at this point with this with, with this team because it's not like they're not successful. They're right. successful every season. But what happens when the postseason begins? What happens? I don't get it. I don't get it. And Dave Roberts was talking post game like, oh, he's, you know, he's got to, you know, take responsibility and he didn't prepare these guys enough. You know what, Dave? I've heard that shit every goddamn year. Every year you say that. Oh, I didn't prepare these guys enough. Well, why not? Why not? Why are they not prepared enough? Why are they not energized enough? Why aren't they scoring runs? What, 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 what happens? It's like, Camelo, you know this. Like we we've we've watched we've grown up as as Lakers fans, right? We right. got to grow up with Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of dog mentality you want on a fucking team. You want a guy that goes out there and wants to kill you yep. because he wants to win a championship. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. is that on this team? Why isn't to have an opportunity to win a World Series every year? That should be your mentality. And none of these guys have it. And it's sickening. No, it, that's it, what I have to say. Uh, well, first of all, well said. Second, Oscar Isaac called from Scenes from a Marriage Story on HBO, and he wants his look back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just a little humor to throw that in there. But I know you could appreciate that because that was a hell of a series. Uh, no, no, you're absolutely correct. And that was the one thing that actually Kevin and I were talking about was the the Kobe Bryants of the world, the Magic Johnsons, the Kareems, but even the Rick Foxes, the Orys. The, 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 those guys had sand in their craw that – they the, the brighter the lights, the bigger the stage, the better they played. For whatever reason, with this group of Dodgers, particularly with the leadership of Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, they're crumbling these last two years. They are absolutely crumbling. And when the, when the lights are brightest and the stage is biggest, it doesn't matter that these guys are, are MVP finalists and that are going to be up there with Ronald Acuna Jr., maybe Matt Olson uh, in November. It's that those guys failed when the Dodgers needed their best. And there's no excuse for that. And when you look at all these other great teams through the years, and even look at what the Phillies are doing right now, Bryce Harper and that mentality, the arrogance, the energy, the intensity, the tenacity, it's setting the tone for everyone else to feed off of. Who is that guy for the Dodgers at the top? It ain't Buki and it ain't Freddie. And that's why I'm saying, say what you will about the Correas of the world. Say what you will about the Trevor Bowers of the world. Hell, say what you will about the Roger Clemens of the world. The one thing you can never take away from those guys, the edge, the tenacity, the meanness, and the attitude, because that resonates well in October. And you mentioned Kobe. You know what he always used to say about going to the Arco Arena? Those cowbells and stuff? Oh, I loved it. I relished being in that environment. And those guys are the same way. I, I relish being in this environment. I want it. I want to run toward the building, build, a burning building, not away from it. And too many of those Dodgers are running away from that burning building right now. And uh, I'll just Jake. add this. The last time the Dodgers won a full 162 World Series was obviously 1988. We all remember that. But who was that guy in the clubhouse that energized this group? It was Kirk Gibson. Yeah. It was also Tommy Lasorda. But 
Kirk Gibson in spring training. They talk about this story all the time. Guys were fucking around, making jokes. And yeah. Kirk Gibson went to Tommy Lasorda and says, what is this shit? <laughs> I didn't come here for this. Yeah. I came here to win. That. That's the mentality that you need. Yeah. Tommy Lasorda too. That's I mean, a, that's, a killer that, mentality. That, that's a real leader right there. Mm-hmm. Right. That's so. a real leader. And I watched uh, Blake Harris, friend of the show, posted that uh, clubhouse speech that Tommy gave. I think it was during a spring training when Don Mattingly was still around as the manager. Yeah, 2014. Yeah, something like that, right? And just hearing Tommy talk about what it means to be a Dodger. And he had this great line where, where he was like, you know, you may have played for other teams and you may be in the big leagues, but when you play for the Dodgers, you're in the major leagues. And that's what Tommy was about. Tommy had that, that, that sort of instinct that the Kobe Bryant's of the world had, where it was like nothing else mattered but winning and this team. Nothing else mattered. And I just don't get the sense from, from these guys that that matters to them because I, wanna... I don't see them talking to the media after this saying, you know, holding each other accountable and being upset and pissed off yeah. that this happened. There's no anger there. There's no resiliency. It doesn't make any sense why that isn't there. I understand right. that you're not, that, that a, a, a Mookie Betts is not going to be as fired up as a Bryce Harper. Those guys are two completely different personalities. But something has to change when you get to the postseason. You have to you have to flip a switch, go to a second gear, whatever that is. I don't get it. It you can feel it from the fan base. Obviously, we're all pissed off. Where's that energy from them? I don't get it. I've never understood that. I want to get into tonight's starting pitcher. I was holding off on it till we got to about this part of the show. I'm talking about Lance Lynn. And yes, I am the idiot. I am the fool. I am the asshole who thought the Dodgers were going to sweep the series. And I'm pointing at an invisible crowd right now. But I told you, 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 fuckface, that Lance Lynn was going to be an absolute liability in the postseason. I never liked the call. Ryan Pepiel should have been that guy from the get-go. A couple years ago, we did an apocalypse draft where I did it as a joke and a troll, but I went with it anyways, where I said I'd have Oprah Winfrey on my squad. Well, tonight, Lance Lynn was Oprah Winfrey with the amount of home runs he gave up. Perdomo, you get a home run. Marte, you get a home run. Walker, you get a home run. You get a home run. What the hell are we doing starting Lance Lynn in a do-or-die game? Where is the brain? Where is the spine from you, Dave Roberts? If this was Friedman's call, then what an idiotic decision. We were conned. We were all conned into thinking Lance Lynn was going to be some savior in the postseason at the trade deadline. Another colossal failure I want to get into later on. But back to Lance Lynn. After that second home run, there should have been some balls and urgency from that mother effort, Dave Roberts, to pull his ass and go to the bullpen right away. Bring in Ryan Pepio. Why is Ryan Pepio the Craig Kimbrell from 2013 just sitting there <laughs> waiting in the bullpen to be summoned? He didn't pitch in this series, and he's one of the best goddamn pitchers all season long in the second half. I cannot believe the atrocity, the 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 stubbornness to just go with the loser veteran who had a six. 50 ERA when they acquired him and they thought, Oh, this guy is going to be awesome. No, he gave up 44 home runs in the regular season for a reason. Cause he's a hog and he's ass and it bit us in the ass. And I don't know why they let 
freaking Lance Lynn continued to pitch after he was serving up little gum drop, stupid home runs. I mean, freaking, I think it was, was it Moreno who hit one foul? And then on the very next pitch after he reviewed it, he had a freaking home run anyways. Fucking unbelievable. And I'll just say this. So I'm with you. Like you could sell me on, on the argument that they may or may not have, have gone with Pepio to start this game, or at the very least brought him in after Lance Lynn. I'm with you on that, that there's an argument to be made there. There's also an argument to be made that when Lance Lynn gave up those two home runs, you get him out of there. Like that should have been it. You should have had someone warming up there in an elimination game. There should be someone warming up pretty much the whole time because you just never know when you've got to take a guy out. So I'm with you on that, but here's the bigger problem. They only got four fucking runs. And each game, the Dodgers only scored two runs per game. Yep. That's not going to win it. Mm -hmm. That's just not going to do it. You can't score six runs total in a three-game series and expect to win the series. No. No, you can't score. So to me, and they had opportunities again. Late late in the, I believe it was in the seventh or the eighth, when Colton Wong, a miracle, got a walk. And then you, and then you're like, you know, during the regular season, you're thinking, great, we got a runner on base. We're down, we're down two runs. We've got our best hitters coming up, Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. And what do they fucking do? Strike out both of them. They're best friends. They do everything together. I guess they strike out together too, because yep. that was insane. It was like, they weren't even a threat. They weren't even a threat. So, so yeah, Lance Lynn, fine. He gave up four home runs. That sucked. But it was early on, the bullpen held it down, and they should have been able to come back, and they just couldn't get it done. That's the bigger story here, in my opinion. Yeah. I, I First of all, Lance Lynn, I don't know if you guys know this, made postseason history. No pitcher had ever given up four home runs in a single inning in postseason oh, history. Okay. So it's a fitting it's a fitting mark for a guy that you know gave up 44 home runs during the regular season. Um, but, yeah, here was the thing. I actually did not mind – Lance Lynn in a hostile environment in a winner take all situation. And I'll tell I you, I, I, and I'll tell you, Kev, why he was out there over Pepio. First of all, I thought Pepio, this would have been my rotation Miller in one, Pepio in two. If you're going to put rookies in a situation, put them at home in the lowest leverage situation and then have, you know, Kershaw would have gotten a few days off. Hopefully, you're at least 1 1, where if Kershaw were to lose, you're down 2 1. Maybe the same scenario happens, but still, I didn't mind Lynn in that spot because I know he was going to own it. And actually, early on, he was sharp. He got some quick outs, got a couple ground balls. No balls were really hit too hard. The problem was the solo home runs. And I said coming into this start, six innings, two solo home runs I could live with. Not four in an inning. That was the issue. That was not part of my, my plan. <laughs> four in a, in, a, in a single <laughs> inning. But, but Jake, you were right. Four runs for a starting pitcher in the playoffs isn't bad. Here's the catch 22. You got to score runs. And here was the other aspect. What's been the overall theme of this postseason? Scoring first, chasing starters, putting up crooked numbers so your starters don't have to feel any pressure. We saw it in the Texas series. We've seen it in this series with the Dodgers. We've seen it in the Astros series. The ability to score early. And give your t- give your starting pitcher a lead is invaluable. And really only the Braves in game two have been able to rally back from that. 
So I thought the Dodger offense didn't just let him down late, like you mentioned in the seventh inning. They let him down early by not getting to Brandon Fat and making him feel pressure. That was really the problem. So yeah, Lynn coughed it up. I'm not going to put everything on Lance Lynn, though. A no, lot of it still can't. falls on the offense still. You can't. You, you just can't. The, the, uh, the only real game that you can put solely on the pitching would be game, game one, one because the, oh because they, God, they yeah. Kershaw put us out of reach before we even touched the bat. Sure. But so for all this, uh, for all this fire, Roberts, look at Kershaw, look at bets, look at Freeman. But oh, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think, I think Roberts is going to get fired just as a result of trying to do something right. It's just to try to make some kind of move that it may not be deserving. I mean, Dave's been a very successful manager as a manager of the Dodgers, but He's the common denominator and we kept, we keep getting bounced early, yeah. you know, so, yep. you know, ever with taking out uh 2020, right? Mm-hmm. 2019 NLDS 2021 was the, we may actually made it to the NLCS, but we're not really that competitive against the Braves. Mm-hmm. 22 bounced in the first round, 23 bounced in the first round. Dave Roberts has been there for all of that. Mm-hmm. So, and, and if he's, and if he's getting on the mic after the game and saying he's not preparing these guys enough, well, well, what the hell is that? That doesn't do anything for me. That's, mm-hmm. you know, that's empty talk as far as I'm concerned. Um, Turbo but, Duran's a big fan of Jake Reiner right now. He's, he's team Jake. Nice. I love it. your stuff. So what did I say, Kevin, on the last podcast about Brandon fought? He either, we either were going <laughs> to shell him or he was going to dick us down. Yeah. And he dicked us down. Oh, my he, God. The- First inning was lifeless from the Dodgers. He owned us. Jake, pitchers meet the moment in October. And if you don't believe Brandon fought, look at what Christian Javier and Jose Urquidy just did on the road in Minnesota. You want to talk meeting the moment for two guys that struggled during the regular season? It doesn't matter what you did during the regular season. October is a different animal. And for a lot of these guys, it is a chance to turn things around and to not only physically reset, but mentally reset and be like, Hey, I'm zero zero. Now I can go out and, 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 you know, turn this whole thing around. And for a lot of these pitchers like fought, like Urquidy, like Javier, like Ranger Suarez, they've been able to do that. The Dodgers didn't. Yeah. So they just did it. And, and, and credit to the Astros too, because they they, honestly, they have a full fucking roster of postseason gods. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. It's like every year we watch the Dodgers flounder in the postseason, and every year we watch the Astros just absolutely rake. And Christian Javier, he brought up a great point. He's an insane postseason pitcher. He was actually my pick to be the the Cy Young, I think, this year, which is crazy (laughs) when you look at his regular season stats. But I had watched him in the postseason prior, and I was thinking this guy's going to go off, but he just didn't. And then he gets to the playoffs, and he's a different fucking dude. For whatever reason, our good guys get worse. Yeah, they're they crumble. <laughs> okay, guys get better, and their superstars rise to the occasion. Jordan yeah, Alvarez, Alex Bregman, oh Jose Altuve. Those yeah, guys sure. are gods in the postseason. We we can't yeah. even get one of those guys. So meanwhile, and we had yeah. one of them. The Dodgers' offense didn't show up. Culprit number one. Number two, the Dodgers starting pitching was an utter disaster. Culprit number two. And the shocker, the one that I thought was the wild card, was the bullpen actually stepped up. I mean, Bruce Targratterall showed the most heart out of any Dodger in that entire series. Uh, David Rosenthal is about to join us. um, But I wanted to just say that what really ticked me off was about halfway through the game, Lauren Shihadi 
read a Dave Roberts quote that I think she got from him in game where he basically, or where she basically said that Dave Roberts was quoted saying they didn't want to go to Ryan Pepio because they were saving him for game four. And that Dave Roberts was still trying to manage the series <clears throat> as if they were going to get the last three games and win it in five. Well, news to you, asshole. There is no game four. If you don't win game three and the fact that you were hesitant to go to Ryan Pepio in that spot right away when you needed him early on in the innings when Lance Lynn was already giving up a couple home runs was completely idiotic. Here's another just common denominator. Dave Roberts always looking to win these series in five and not that game. He doesn't treat every postseason game like it's a must-win game. He thinks too far ahead, and then by the time we get to ahead, there is no ahead because we've already been eliminated. And look who's decided to stop by. David Rosenthal has checked in. A few of you in the chat were demanding for him. Well, here he is, and thank you, Aaron Attic, for letting me preach. David, feel free to just hit it off with whatever you want. No, I mean I I eulogized us last last episode, so I'm I'm not gonna be. They're not gonna get that out of me. They don't deserve that out of me today. Uh, they showed no heart, no guts. One of the most gutless performances I've ever seen in the history of sports. I think I, I can comfortably say, uh, just deceased in the dugout. Not one person moving around doing anything. Will Smith was the only one I saw today who he got that hit at the. At the last uh the end of the game and tried to pump everyone up so no they're not even going to get me riled up today so i'm sorry if that's what you're looking for out of me today you're not going to get it because they don't deserve that pathetic performance need changes starting from the top i'm i have the nuclear option on the table i don't think anybody in the organization should be safe but i think they need to to, to look at this and, and take an autopsy of what the hell keeps going wrong in the playoffs because this is pathetic and it's ridiculous. I mean, so someone pointed out it was like 210 wins the last two seasons for one playoff win. Yeah, What's yeah. the point? 211. 211 and with for for sure. one playoff win. That and ratio you, is not okay, Dave. And clearly they didn't learn anything from last year. It's it's like, you know, when, when Peter Griffin fell down the stairs in uh, Family Guy, he's like, Brian, help. He's like, I won't, I can't help. If I call the ambulance, you won't learn anything. That's the Dodgers. They're not learning anything. You knew you had five days off. You knew you had, uh, you were going to be playing a hot team. You knew that uh, last year that your team came out with no urgency and that your offensive rhythm was, was not effective. And yet you guys seem to be the only one struggling with that aspect of it. Like even the Braves have been able to claw out more runs. The Astros, we've already talked about them in, in, in exhaustion. And even the Orioles were able to hit better through that three-game sweep. By the way, when was the last time 200-win teams um, failed to win a game in the playoffs? I think that's got to also be a first. I can't, I can't think of anyone. But the bottom line is you guys are not making adjustments. Your tenacity isn't there. Your intensity isn't there. And the second you guys hit any sort of um, uh, uh, adversity, you're crumbling. You're not rising to the occasion. You're falling apart. Like, a, like seriously, like a cookie dipped in milk. That's what you guys are doing. You, you want to know why yeah. I don't want to be in the same category as the Baltimore Orioles? Because they have no postseason experience. So yeah, it's not a shocker that they had 100 wins in the regular season and got swept. But guess what? The Dodgers are in the postseason every season, and we seem to be going backwards. NLCS exit. NLDS exit with one win. Sure. Swept. 
and the NLDS. Yeah. Same freaking team. They move a few guys out. They bring in a few new guys, and it's the same outcome. But every time, it's freaking worse. And good I saw point, a few. Kev. I saw a few yeah. people bring his name up in the chat, and I think it's a good quick topic to touch upon. And that's Clayton Kershaw, who after the game, his press conference, he said he was going to approach this offseason different than he has in years past. After what happened to Clayton Kershaw in that NLDS game, I don't know where his career is headed. I don't know if his if his uh, shoulder is just barbecue pulled chicken at this point and he's able to recover. <laughs> but barbecue I, chicken. It's, it's time. Clayton, I love you. It's time to move on. It's time to part ways. This is just not working out anymore. No, I'm the, I'm the biggest Clayton fan there is, but if he can't stay healthy and we're going to bank on Clayton Kershaw to start game ones, either we no, need to give that no. roster spot to someone that's going to stay healthy and can actually pitch in a game one for us, or we need to evaluate the situation and bring Clayton Kershaw back on a different type of structure with his understanding that he's no longer, no longer that guy, pal. No, no. Here's the thing. They shouldn't have to rely on Clayton Kershaw to be their game one starter in the goddamn postseason ever again. He's earned the right to be a three or four. This team is, this organization is good enough to get high priced starting pitching and obviously develop starting pitching, which they will. You know that Pepio and Miller and Stone maybe are going to be there. Sheehan, they're going to be there next year, but they got to go out and just stock up on pitching just stock up on it because every year the starting rotation just absolutely dies either before the season during the season leading up to the postseason there's always something that goes wrong so it wasn't that out of all of the pitchers that we had we decided you know what we're going to go with Clayton Kershaw in game one we had to you know we we tried to put Bobby Miller out there he wasn't ready he just wasn't ready you know, we think Bobby Miller would have done better if he was in game one with no who the deficit. Fuck knows? They no, didn't score it, any runs anyway. It doesn't so it matter. doesn't matter. It's the, a, it's the a point tough is, call to and make. David, yeah. and, and, and David made this point last time. You sign Kershaw, you let him fucking retire as a Dodger. If he wants to retire now, that's one thing. But if he wants to come back, he should come back as a Dodger and reach those milestones we talked about so that we can celebrate him as a Dodger and make sure that there's enough starting pitching when the postseason comes around that you're not having to rely on a Lance Lynn in an elimination game. I don't disagree with anything you're saying at all, but if they bring back the entire regime that we have right now, Roberts, Freeman, the Mark Pryor, obviously, everyone in the coaching staff, Garen. This is what's going to happen. Clay Kershaw is going to have a fantastic regular first half. They're going to go all in on him again because there's just too much loyalty and allegiance and they get blinded. They get biased. They think, yeah, Clayton Kershaw still has it. And then they don't make a move at the deadline because they're like, Clayton Kershaw will be back and we'll have him for the second half and the postseason. And then boom, we hit another spot. Oh, this guy went down. Oh, this guy is an asshole. Oh, this guy's just not ready. Clayton Kershaw, though, he's the greatest pitcher of all time. So if he's done it before, he can surely do it again. And I'm just warning you that it's just a repetitive cycle and it's no knock on Clayton Kershaw, but we're setting ourselves up for another heartbreak. Hence why I'm just making a point. It might be better just sever ties altogether so we don't go into another Groundhog's Day. No, do you know so who I was here's going to happen. They're going to okay. choke and they're going to lose anyway. So we're going to if I'm going to lose and I'm going to choke, I want it with that guy on my team. I want to see him get to 3000 strikeouts 
Exact, do exactly what Jake said. Bolster up the starting rotation, get like five guys. So hopefully you don't even have to use them in the playoffs. But right. fuck that. They're probably going to choke anyway. So fucking bring Kershaw back, get him 3,000 strikeouts. At least I can be happy about that and not have to fucking worry about October and what they're going to do then. Mookie Betts won for 800 in the playoffs the last three years. I think three for 38, actually, since the 2021 NLCS, just by, by my, my math. Yeah, absolutely disgrace. And and I couldn't help but think, you know, to quote Joe Pesci from Irishman, I still think, I still, I still can't help but think how a guy like Walker Bueller or Julio Odias was watching these games and thinking to themselves, that should have been me out there. You know, I should be out there setting the tone. And, you know, we were talking about Jake and, and Kev and, and Dave. Uh, it's good to talk to you, man. I haven't, I haven't seen you in a while. Um, I wish under better circumstances. <laughs> we talked about the tenacity and the intensity. Maybe Walker Bueller wasn't just a great postseason pitcher because of his talent and everything like that, but also the edge and the tenacity that he brought to the table. And same with Julio. And I think that was also missing from the team that not only set a, a tone for the pitching staff, but maybe it set the, the tone for the entire team. And that aspect was really missing. So just, just a theory, but I can't imagine Walker Bueller, Dustin May, or Julio Odias watched those first couple of games and thought to themselves, damn, I should have been out there with these guys and, and really helping them get, get over this hump. Definitely. I mean, am I, am I wrong? What's the last time Dustin may even pitched in the postseason? 2020. Yeah. 2020. Yeah. Good God. But yeah, mm-hmm. Walker Buehler, I agree with Chris. I agree with the comments. He was sorely missed this season. He was sorely missed last season, bigger loss. than I think some people might realize that was their bulldog in the postseason. Um, the other guy that I wanted to give a shout out, First of all, I think Clay and Kershaw going in game four was some type of smoke screen, just given the fact that they didn't use Pepio and they were probably going to go to him. Asshole move. But how about Emmett Sheehan? That guy, he showed me a lot of tenacity, and I mm-hmm. hope that the Dodgers utilize him more next season. He was basically sent out in a situation where he was sent out to die, first of all, but he was sent out to die in a porta potty that was smothered in shit everywhere, on fire with cows. <laughs> pooping their guts out and yet emmett sheehan did a fine job in my opinion he gave hey him like kev you're talking about woodstock 99 or what i love emmett sheehan that is my takeaway that guy is a dog yeah i mean look the whole the whole bullpen right just an immaculate job once again two years three years in a row this bullpen has been absolutely nails and yeah. they're the only ones that a have shown up and B give a shit. I mean, we saw the way that Bruce Dar Gratterall was on the mound. He was, they were booing Dave Roberts when they came to lift him. In I game did. Two. I was booing the shit out of Dave. I was right. Screaming. Good. And, and Gratterall basically said, don't do that. Start cheering for us. Get the crowd pumped up. Let's go. There's none of that in that dugout. Every time they pan to that dugout, it's like, it's like the, you know, all of their families just got murdered. I mean, they, they just, have there's nothing there and I don't get why there's nothing there. I just don't get it. I also don't understand this. Why in the regular season do they take at bats? They grind at bats. They, they pass the baton. They move runners over. They bunt guys over sack flies. That was how they scored all season long. And they get to the postseason, and they're having three pitch at bats. Or first pitch pop-ups. And at no point did they ever readjust. And that to me is insane. 
Dave Roberts talks about not preparing these guys. What about Robert Van Skoyak? What about the hitting coaches? Why is there no plan up there? Why isn't somebody saying with a fucking iPad, hey, look, Mookie Betts, stop swinging at the first pitch, work the goddamn count, and get your ass on base. Where? Wh- why does that not happen just, in the just playoffs? Just send that launch angle asshole into the sun already. Why, don't, why does that happen in the playoffs? What got them there, they don't use. It doesn't make any sense to me. I'm at a loss for words when it comes to this stuff. It makes zero sense. The amount of double plays we hit into this postseason felt like more than we did all regular season. It was mind-boggling. You see the Chris Taylor stat? He was like three at-bats away from setting the postseason record for most at-bats without hitting into a double play. That's like, an awesome so that. stat. So we got that like going 400 at bats or something. You know, CT had actually had player. a really yeah. CT showed up today, and I thought CT overall had a, had a really good season. And by the way, he had an RBI single, and I had a shout out Greg Bergman from Seven Ten. I'm like, dude, you were saying he didn't have a clutch hit all year. Clearly, you weren't watching many of the games. The guy had a walk off hit the last two weeks of the season. Come on, Bergman, you're better than that. Especially when you're trying to host another show called the Blue Review. But I say that to say CT is the type of guy that you like to have on your postseason roster. I mean, did we forget he hit the game winning home run in the wild card game? back in 2021 he has always shown up he's a consummate professional love what he brings to the table yeah you know the consistency isn't there like it was in 2017 through you know 2018 uh but he's he's still a, a really solid player but the ground ball double plays chasing the chasing out of the zone was a problem that was a major issue in yeah, this why, series. Why is yeah. that happening? Why is why? that happening? Like you guys, like you were saying, Jake, you're grinding out of bats, you're taking pitches, but A, you're not finishing him off with the base hit, and then two, you're chasing out of the zone. Like Mookie had an awful strikeout in that seventh oh inning after God. the Colton Wong walk. I mean, that you want to talk about a deflator right there. So Man. does Freeman too. And I would love, and here's the thing. You want to talk about accountability? I know, and, and people always say, well, don't throw anyone under the bus. I would say this, if I'm Andrew Friedman, uh, when I do my exit press conference, a big reason, and I would say just like this, they were great for us in the regular season, but they were a big, they were both the big reason why they, why we lost. And if people have any problems with that, Hey, tell me the numbers speak for themselves. I'm not making this up. And if people got a problem with Andrew Friedman saying that, they could, he could say, you, y'all could kiss my ass because I put this team together to, to win, but it's not my fault that these idiots aren't showing up when, when we need them to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the thing is, is that he's never going to say anything like that because- Of course he's, not, because these guys lack gonna, cojones. Come on. He's not, gonna throw, he's not going to throw anybody under the bus. Except Tony Gonsolin. I mean, and just like, the, 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 I don't know. Are they too <laughs> cuddled? Is it, is it too comfortable for them? Is that the reason? I mean, we've heard every excuse under the sun. The five-day layoff. You know, the Astros don't seem to be fucking phased by that. Well, it's just like, I, I got, just don't, I just don't understand not getting up I for got, the playoffs. I got two David, things to say. Hold on. All right. I want to just make one more point. David, you and I filled in to play softball uh, for a charity event a few weeks ago, and we made it to the championship. And there was a guy that made the worst base running blunder of <laughs> all time that we are still so mad about and can't get over why this guy who has zero speed would try to stretch a single into a triple and he got out and we lost, we ended up losing the game. Why are we having so much more heart and care more about a freaking charity softball game and being in the championship than these okay. guys that play that, that play for actually something more? All right, it, I'm cutting you off so, now. 
So Lucas and Sadie show asked in the Thanks, chat, Kevin. how many, how many ballparks would that Chris Taylor fly out have been a home run in? Well, your tick pick stat is that would have been a home run in 22 of 30 ballparks. You want to talk about your Cody Bellinger world series flyout or your Will Smith flyout? Well, here's another heartbreaker to add to a collection because Chris Taylor would have tied that game if this was being played in Dodger stadium. So that's a bummer. 407 foot flyout, And then um, on top of that, I lost my train of thought, but yeah, Chris Taylor, that was a, just a bummer of a flyout. I'll, I'll let you go back until I recollect my thoughts. So no, I don't, it's, they're not, not trying. Like they're obviously trying as hard as they can. It's not an, it's not an effort thing. Like it's not a, I really don't think it's a desire or an effort thing. I think there's like a legitimate a aura around the organization that causes players who put on the Jersey to be tense in the playoffs. And it causes them to forget how to do their jobs. It is a cyclical issue in the entire organization because it doesn't matter what the players has done in the past or even for the Dodgers. And then they turn to stone for the next three years. So there's something around this organization. Maybe it's just Dave Roberts and the expectations around him and his failures. And is he going to get fired? Is it time to fire him? Maybe it's that, but that, that is the issue. It's not a, it's not an effort or a, a desire issue. I but mean, Dave, but, can but I ask you, hold on. Now. I have a question. Uh, uh, sorry. Just quick question Go for ahead. David. The X factor, what's missing? I can't put my finger on it. Is it grit? Is it tenacity? Is it intensity? Is it toughness? What is that missing ingredient that like a team like the Phillies or the Astros or some of these other teams have in your opinion? Cause I can't put my I finger on it. I fucking knew. No, they, but you understand what I'm talking. There's something not there. Yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah. This is where I just pinned this question out because it actually is exactly what I want to talk about what you brought up, Chris. So from Justin, Hannah guys, thoughts on the team, not having any fire for playoff baseball. So that leads me to a, an open discussion. Like, where do we go from here? Like, what do the Dodgers do to turn this shit around? I think I, I it's don't, getting rid of Dave Roberts. Well, I know step one. Step one, if you're not going to fire Dave Roberts, which I don't think they will, is you go into Dave Roberts' office and you say, it's either Van Scoyock or both of you. Because the, these hitting performances in the playoffs the past three years is unacceptable. So you can tell Rob to lose the key and not come back to Camelback ranch, or you can both get the fuck out of here. That's step. Number one, step number two is you fucking upheaval of the middle of this order. The middle of the order did not come through basically the whole season. If you look at the overall numbers, it worked, but if you're going to go after Otani, you have nowhere to put Muncie regardless. The third base experiment bless his heart. No, that is over forever. You're asking him to play out of position for two positions in a row. Now, Second base, now third base, unfair to do to him, but if you you can't do that anymore. So that that is over. Step yeah, three, gone. get fucking Randy or Rose Arena or get somebody <laughs> who can fucking yeah. do something in the fucking playoffs. Go get somebody. We need I don't to get think... a three-hitter. If we're not going to get Otani, even if we get Otani, get him fucking both, dude. Enough and by the of this way, bullshit. Look what Bochi has done with Mitch Garver putting him in the three-hole. You want to talk about, I mean, pressing the right button. Mitch Garver, are you kidding me? D you know, mashing in that three-hole? 
I mean, so it can't be that hard to find a three-hole hitter. I'm with you, Dave. Uh, you got to go out and find somebody. And and by the way, third baseman who might be able to also be a solid three-hole hitter, maybe Matt Chapman? No. No. Well, only because he's a Scott Boris client and he's another choker. I don't want another choker. I, I, I don't think that it is like an effort thing, right? I don't want people to think that I'm I'm saying these guys aren't putting in the effort because they are and they're trying to win. But it just seems like there's just this lack of, I don't know, David said, David said it's not a lack of desire, but it kind of feels that way. There's no, maybe Tenacity. not desire, maybe not desire, but there's a lack of urgency. There's a lack of fire. There's a lack of passion. And, and All right, but just- put it in context though when have you ever seen a team like on the brink of elimination like really fired up you know like that's kind of how everyone looks when they get eliminated 2000 2004 red sox i didn't see it in any game this year in well, the there's only three of them and they had the and lead. i didn't they see it were down in any game in two of them i didn't see it in any game last season in the playoffs yeah so it's one. not about it's not about an elimination game that they're not getting fired up for because it's really tough when you when you when you blow the first two games and you're having to play on the road and fight for your damn life on a, yeah. basically two nights in a row if if they want to make it a series again mm-hmm. but i didn't i didn't see any I, anything yeah i am sick of these dodger players that drive around in their mercedes benz have their snuggies with their hot cocoa as they watch sex in the city and think oh goody we have a game tomorrow uh, it's just, it's just business. Give me guys that drive fucking 1999 Honda Civics, something that they need to play for someone that watches the walking dead while hammered and then goes on and watches any, I don't know, fucking rage porn. I don't know. Give me something. Just give me some asshole out there. So what, thank you. I was saying that I was saying, and by the way, one of those a-holes could have been Tommy fam that you guys could have gotten oh. off freaking scrap heap. Uh, in New York, you wanted to be a freaking Dodger. I'll be the first to admit I was wrong about Tommy Pham. That guy is someone we need. He he will get into knife fights. I want a guy that gets into knife fights. That is badass. He didn't hit woman. He just got into knife fights. We need that. Yeah, yeah. You want a jerk on the field, but someone who's not going to get arrested off the field. (laughs) The problem is we don't have a leader. There's no leader on this team, period. There hasn't been a leader leader on this team for, for a while, honestly. Well, fam just is hasn't been. That's why that's why is a great suggestion. Any hits in the postseason. I'm saying Tommy Fam is going to lead this team to a World Series. I'm saying Tommy Fam has the right mentality yeah, that we resonates need, well in October. We have the stars. We need the role players now. No, that's no. We've had role players. We've had fine role players before. David Peralta was pretty solid for us. Jason Hayward was, was solid for us. Peralta, Rojas, we had all yeah. these role players. It doesn't fucking matter. Peralta Look at what happened at the top of the fucking order. I'm One saying you for, need what, a 25 from from you, your two stars. 26. You can't have that. You can't Dave. have that. Dave, what I'm suggesting, you're not saying quiet and they're not verbal leaders. You need a leader. Okay. What I'm saying is you need, I think uh, I'm saying a guy like Tommy Pham would have helped, but what I'm saying is you need a star with the right tenacity and mentality. That's what I'm saying. And by the way, you know, who showed me that back in February that he actually, this dude wants it is Otani. Now, and I'll tell you this, after they won that semifinal game, I forgot who they beat. I think it was Mexico. And he goes in there and he knew Japan was going to play the U.S. in the final. He said, 
This is why we, we came to this point. We know if we want to be the best, we got to beat the best. And that's going to be the best over there. So let's bring it in and let's take it. And what did he do? He pitched the ninth inning knowing he was going to have to face off against three really tough hitters. McNeil, who is the reigning batting champ at the time, Mookie Betts, and, and his old Astros pal Mike Trout. Loser sat out the last day of the season to win it. Someone, okay. uh, someone you know what I'm saying? My point being is, Hadn't pitched relief in six years, willing to do whatever it took to help his team win on the international level, and he did. That's the type of mentality it takes. Well, he didn't have a Dodgers jersey on yet. Someone uh, someone in the chat said, uh, Mookie needs to interview his bat on his next podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, but seriously, no. <laughs> That's so good. Uh, but seriously, though, can we, talk, can we talk about Mookie Betts? What's going on here? What, why, what, 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 what has happened here? This Jake, guy, I got an answer for you. This guy's supposed to be, this guy's supposed to be a superstar, an elite talent. And at one point, Kevin was calling him maybe the best player in baseball. What happens to him in the playoffs? 2020, notwithstanding. I don't know. In the rest of the years that we've had him, he's been terrible. Like, yeah, it's a bummer. I don't get, I, I, I don't understand it. I, I just don't understand it. He's not a fighter, I guess. It's, it's pretty disappointing. I mean, it's, we all know he's not the same player that he was in 2020. I mean, we noticed a, a, a parrot, like a shift in his entire game. Like the speed completely went away and the power went up. The defense, the speed in the outfield went away. The base running went away. All of that just completely went away. So he's your like guys a, is essentially base, different. Base player. running seems to be irrelevant, though, if he's not your, getting on base. Your well, guys' yeah, argument, just... your guys' argument would hold a little bit more water if he was not an MVP finalist this year. If he batted 260 with 16 home runs, similar to like what JD Martinez did last year, I would take those arguments a little bit more seriously. For whatever reason, though, he's not going to, and I, I forgot who said going to the next level. He's not going to that next level in October when, when he needs year. to. He's That's not going to the saying. next year. Exactly. Yeah. Look yeah. His stats in the throughout the playoffs in 2020. Yeah, but you're too, but was, it felt amazing. like you were talking about an overall regression though, Dave. That's where I'm pushing back on a little bit because I'm not seeing that. I am not I'm not saying it's a regression, it's just a shift. He's still he put he's going to finish second in the MVP and he will deserve that. He had an right. incredible regular season. But Absolutely. if you look at his last 3 postseasons, he's completely disappeared. Okay, I just want to make sure you were keeping it in the postseason in 2020, realm. And, okay. he didn't he in every from the wild card to the World Series on defense, on offense, and on the bases. And we just haven't got that since that year. We haven't. And that'd be, if, you know, if he's doing what he's doing the regular season, that's absolutely, it's more than you can ask for and beyond. So, but if he's going 0 for 11 in the postseason, what's the point? So, you know, it's kind of interesting. I don't follow the Rangers too closely, but like, who's <clears throat> their leader in terms Semien. of? Semien. Bochi. They have no. a manager. Well, I was going to get to actually. I'm talking about you know, players. Semien. Marcus Semien. Yeah. So it's just Semyon. It's it's. I think Adolis Garcia. He's bringing. Right. I think so. Semyon's bringing the edge. Adolis Garcia is bringing the swag, and Corey Seager is bringing the steady as she goes the production. Approach. Yes, but so, here was the thing: their foundation is the youth movement. That once again, I'm going to keep saying this term: meeting the moment. Not afraid going out yes. there. And by the way, you've also got a postseason stud by the name of Nathan Ovaldi, who I wanted this offseason. But, you know, hey, no one listens to me. But 
I right. So I think you're right on a lot of these things. And he, when he's healthy, he's a stud. Yeah. So I think you guys are helping prove my narrative because I mean, Simeon's a good player, but he's not a superstar. And Garcia is just a really good player. Those are basically top tier role players. And mm. Corey Seager is their superstar and he's not the leader. And so David said his name, Bruce Boshi is the clubhouse leader as the manager. And I think that's what the Dodgers might be lacking because the players like Mookie and Freeman, they just want to cuddle and dance with you. And Dave Roberts wants to be your best friend and sip on some wine and just gossip about who knows what he doesn't want to make anyone upset. And he just wants to be your friend. And I think that's, what's the problem is that they get too comfortable. Anytime Uh there's adversity, they're comfortable. I don't know. Uh, I don't know the answer to this, but maybe you guys do. Do we know what kind of manager Bochi is like with his players? Because he's obviously not a very animated manager. He's never been. Bochi to me is cut from the Phil Jackson cloth. To me, I agree with that. And that I mean, is Madison a... Bumgarner was the biggest asshole out there. Yeah, but he and Bochi got along. Yeah, steady well, as because, she goes. Because Bumgarner was a dog yeah. in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so was Matt Cain and Tim Lincecum and Jonathan Sanchez and all those guys. They were all dogs. They owned it. They they knew who they were. And that's how those Giants teams were, were built. But also, too, those Giants teams in all three of those World Series were never division. I want to say, except for maybe 2012, they were division champs. Outside of that, 2010, 2014, I want to say they were like wild card oh, teams, right? For sure, 2014. 2014, for and sure. 20, I can't remember. 2012, I think, might have been wild card, too. Really? I think Arizona okay. Arizona was the division winner, one of those. Arizona won the division in 11, I think, Kev. And I think in 2012, I think Frisco won the division because the Dodgers didn't make the playoffs that year. They missed it on like the last week of the season. That was the year that they got Beckett and, and Gonzalez at the August uh, deadline. Okay, so, so can yeah. I talk about a real issue that they have, the Dodgers have? Oh, yes. yeah, go ahead. The I relationship digress. between Andrew Friedman and Scott Boris. Contentious. I think it's an actual problem because it's very public and open that they do not get along. They've criticized each other openly to the press. Uh, And one, it cost, it probably cost us Bryce Harper. It probably cost us Garrett Cole. Uh, And if you have one of those guys locked up for 10 years, this is, you know, it's a completely diff, obviously, you know, that changes 2020 also, but I'm just saying, uh, you know, you're missing out on, on, the best players in the sport because of this guy and that relationship like that. Let's call it what it is. Yes. Throw Seager in there too. Yeah, Corey Maybe you missed that on Seager. But like, honestly, like we still got Mookie Betts and we still got Freddie Freeman. Not Boris. Not Boris. Not I, Boris I, I, I know that, but, but in terms of top tier talent, I mean, those guys are as good as any, anybody in the regular season. They are. Yeah. Well, Freddie Freeman's actually been a pretty decent postseason hitter his, in his career. And he was actually not terrible. He was actually one of the only guys last season that was actually hitting the ball. And I think he yeah. hit over 300. And he for did. whatever reason, this year was just like, he was, it was as if he, he went up there without a bat. Well, yeah, he was he he swing being broken, which is convenient timing. Yeah. Great yeah. timing, bud. Really, Thanks for really you know, awesome timing. Yeah. Dude. Just really great timing. Yeah. For both of them. It, it's, it's one thing. Does one that of ever happen you know, to anybody else? I've never heard that happening to a non-Dodger ever. Like, oh, yeah, my swing, it just it just broke right before the playoffs. It's, hey, Rod, it's just gone. Ridiculous. Hey, Rod. Hey, Rod, in the Yankee years, 
A Rod no, just probably need more, a refill on steroids. I think that was more up here. But yeah, A Rod was another choker who had excuses. Probably just ran out of steroids. Um, I don't know how much longer you guys want to be on this chat. Probably maybe 10, 15 minutes top. So appreciate everyone here watching. So if you want to get your questions in right now, uh, I'll try to do a rapid fire. Um, the, you know, there's the last thing I really want to speak about is still more Andrew Freeman and how I was just disappointed overall with this trade deadline. Two of his acquisitions, Ryan Yarbrough and Ahmed Rosario, didn't even make the postseason roster. So what's the point of trading for guys if you don't trust them in the playoffs? I said Colton Wong was going to make it over Ahmed or Rosario. I was not advocating for Wong over Rosario as a better player. I'm actually more ticked off they didn't give Michael Bush more at-bats. Why do we just sell Michael Bush off to the Wolves yep. and play Colton Wong, who should be working at a jack-in-the-box because he got DFA'd twice, hit like 150, and we just decided to give him a job because we wanted to make a kid happy? No, fuck that. If they do this bullshit again, and this is where I feel like Andrew Freeman is starting to con us because last season he acted like Joey Gallo was the big bat that we acquired. And he, we were going to fix him. Oh yeah. Yep. Fuck you. That didn't work out. We wanted to have his sorry ass on our playoff roster. And then this season, I'm sorry, David, but he, he tried to trick us again with Lance Lynn and Lance Lynn had a 650 area when they acquired him. He was much better for the Dodgers, but he still is getting up home runs like crazy. And then they just fool us into thinking he's going to pitch a big game for us tonight. And he didn't. They didn't go out and get the big name like they should have gotten with Justin Verlander. And I don't want to hear about the whole, oh, Justin Verlander wanted to go to the Astros. No, that is just some media bullshit to make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Andrew Freeman let the Astros get into it because I was following this trade deadline like crazy. There were a few days in a row where it was just the Dodgers and the Mets working out a deal and the Dodgers didn't want to give up whatever the Mets were asking. And then all of a sudden the Astros went from, Oh yeah, we're not interested. Oh, we can get them for that fucking cheap. Okay. Let's do it. Verlander to the Mets or Verlander from the Mets to the Astros. Fuck you Dodgers for not wanting to negotiate with us. Andrew Freeman does this time after time after time where he wants to hoard his prospects. And then he just hoards his prospects till become, they become 30 year old, middle-aged useless wannabe baseball players. Something needs to change here. I mean, he's the problem is he's he's putting Austin Barnes and Colton Wong back to back games in the biggest at bats of the respective yeah, games. What insane. the fuck are you no. doing? Those are Cold the two the last people on the roster I want up in that situation. Mm-hmm. I would legitimately rather have Clayton Kershaw hit than Austin Barnes in that situation. <laughs> how do you let actually not a bad idea? Yeah. How do you let this organization with this payroll do that? You did it in 2021 also. You sent Steve, the ghost of Steven Souza, end-of-life care Steven Souza, mm. up to the plate instead of Gavin Lux in 2021. You, pro- you probably did the same shit in 2022. I'm just forgetting. But you definitely did. And then, again, like what Kevin just said, why not Bush there? Why not Altman? Why not Peralta? Why not the guys who have been starting and playing generally pretty well for the whole year? Not Austin Barnes statistically the worst player in baseball, bottom three, or Colton Wong, the guy you just found on the street a couple weeks ago. It's mind-blowing. It's mind-numbing. They've been doing it for three three years in a row now, and it's it's Friedman and Roberts. It's not just Roberts. It's Friedman, too. It's a failure to... It's, it's sticking too much to your principles. But once again, Dave, this is what I was saying on other uh, uh, platforms as well. The catch-22 of it. Your greatest strength 
that led you to 100 wins could also be your biggest weakness that leads to a three-game sweep. The failure to make adjustments. And this is a reason why the Milwaukee Bucks fired a good championship coach in Mike Budenholzer. It was the same thing. Failure to make adjustments. That's why guys get fired sometimes. Either their voice grows stale with the players or, you know, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again, thinking you're going to get a different result, you know? And I think we've kind of seen that. I don't think in Dave's case, it's the latter, not the former. And I think that's a major, major issue. And I agree with you. But outside of those two components, that wasn't the sole reason why they lost the series. They lost the series because a lot of their guys failed to produce in big spots, especially all of your, them. your big, your big money. All of them. No, I mean, not even just in big spots, just, just failed to produce at all. Exactly. But I'm talking, I am holding the stars to a higher standard because well, that's what course. you pay them to do. And that's why I'm saying this series to me, falls on yes on Roberts but not as much as in years past it falls more on Mookie Freddie Kershaw I think those guys deserve the lion's share of the blame pie I mean tell me if I'm wrong on that no you're 100 percent right you're very 100 right we got nothing from those guys oh yeah, yeah no, you we were got a thousand percent way right. worse than nothing I wish we got nothing from those guys yeah yeah, no, absolutely. Right. By the way, and I will give Dave credit for one thing. He managed that bull. I was wrong about pulling Bobby Miller as quickly as he did. I was a little upset about that, but he managed the bullpen beautifully in game two and he tonight. Did. He did. He gave him he gave him a shot to win and they couldn't yeah. they just couldn't wanna, score. I want to spotlight yeah. a question from Lawrence our is fireable. I want to spotlight yeah. a question from our graphic designer, Alberto, Alberto Amazolo Jr., because he's been hanging around all night. Uh, do the Dodgers finally fucking stop hogging prospects and just go balls to the walls? I hope so. I I hope so. And I think, and I think we got to stop acting like this poverty franchise. We got to stop acting like we don't have money to do stuff. Like, yeah, that's what leads to the Steven Souza's and the Joey Gallows and the Colton Wong's of the world getting at bats in the biggest spots that we need them to to come through. And they just don't because they're just not a, a, a caliber of player that they should be seeking. So I do hope so that they get rid of some of these prospects because not all of these guys are going to play and also just find out which ones you want. You know, do you want to go all in on Will Smith? Do you want to keep him around for the rest of time? Do you believe in Diego Cartaya? If you don't get him out of here, do you believe in Dalton rushing? If you don't get him out of here, I mean, you got to figure out which guys you're going to choose and then go out and get some players that are going to be, Good players for the long haul, and yeah. that can play in October. A Rosarena. We're just gonna be all by the way. Rosarena and Otani. I forgot to mention another guy that the Dodgers had, and he helped uh, help get them to two World Series was Yasiel Puig. Say what you want about Yasiel Puig, he never feared October. He had some great outside of maybe 2014. He had some really good years in in October, 2016, 17, great in the 18, postseason. Dude, if always good. If you get, get po- a Rosarena and Otani in this lineup, there's yeah. it's loser proof in the playoffs, in my opinion. I think well, we it's actually loser proof. I got the pitching figured out as well, but yeah, but offensively, I think there's no way they can choke that bad. There's just no way. Um, loser. What, what do you guys right. think next year? Do are 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 Max Muncy and Will Smith on this roster? Will Smith, what? yes. Muncy, legitimate question mark. I agree. Uh, and that hurts trade, me. You can't trade Smith because Cartaya might be a bust, and Dalton Rushing has only played at level A, and so yeah. it's unrealistic. Go ahead, Chris. 
Oh, no, no, no. To finish your comment. I just, oh. I have a theory about Muncie and it has to relate to JD Martinez, but go ahead. Um, I was just going to say unrelated, but it's going to be really hard for me to be motivated to pay the $30 to park at Dodger stadium, sit in traffic for two hours, pay for the $50 beer, pay for the $20 Dodger dogs. Like unless they do something to shake, shake it up and prove that they actually want to win in October. Cause that's all I care about at this point. That's all I care about every season. Like they're on the verge of losing some of my money as a Dodgers fan. I'm just going to say that right now. Will Smith is definitely back on the roster. I thought Will, okay, he struggled in the second half. It happens, right? Muncie, legitimate question mark. You're right, Dave, but it's going to be related to what happens with J.D. Martinez. If Martinez is gone, they could have Muncie slide into that DH spot. Well, that's assuming, right? that's assuming and then they bring don't get in, Otani, right? Yeah, and it's, it's, that's a downgrade. Right. We're getting worse if that happens. I, that's well, unacceptable. It depends on who you get at third base, though. No, hold on. That depends on who you get at third base. Who are you getting? That depends yeah, on who you who get is at third it? base. I, I, I'd have to look at the available free yeah, agents. I don't think what, if they decide, if they Chapman, decide no. to a third base, oh, do you call Moseliak? Uh, hold on. Do you call John Moseliak back about Nolan Arenado? Now that he'll have three years. Too. He looks like he'd choke in a Dodgers uniform. <laughs> he'd look really good in a Dodgers uniform going like one for 12 in the NLCS. Oh, God. Well, okay, I mean, then who do you guys want that's actually attainable? I threw out chat. I mean, you guys shat on that. Arthur Otani. Another Otani. Name you no, Give him whatever the base. fuck he wants. Otani can't base. play third, Dave. No, our third I'm talking about base, who's going to play know, third. But you, it's going to be it Miguel Vargas. It's going to be Miguel Vargas. Or Bush. Bush is going to be the looked Someone right just out. said that I'm a poor man's Will Ferrell. <laughs> no, you're a poor man's Oscar Isaac from Scenes of, of a Marriage. I guess I'm just a poor man's whatever. Fine, fuck it. No, Gosh, hey, it's better than me I've being actually, a man's Jason Biggs from American Pie. I've never got Michael Garcia. What are we in 2014? Come on, Michael Carrillo. <laughs> Another thing I'm also done with is platoons. Like, why why are we just platooning two minor league minimum veterans the entire year? Go get an everyday left fielder. What is this? Yeah. Go get somebody who can play every day. It'd be enough it'd of these nice. handouts. What are we doing? It'd be nice if Chris Taylor could take over an everyday role. No, he is solidified on the bench. He should he should be solidified on the bench. Hundred percent. Two more two more expensive years though, Dave, on that contract guaranteed. I yeah, think. but I don't I'm think that like, I don't, an option. one. I'm done caring about their payroll. They can literally fucking eat a dick at this point. Go over the luxury tax until you win another World Series. That wasn't my point, but go ahead. Well, I'm just saying he's that's fine. That's fine in in modern day baseball for a bench utility player. Sure. Okay. I and, think that the Dodgers did a good job overall of trying to reduce platooning this season. It just happened to work itself out that Jason Hayward emerged from the shadows and forced himself into the Dodgers lineup. And so you can't really bench him if he's hitting, hitting like lights out in the regular season, obviously didn't pan out in the regular season, but that was what the Dodgers <laughs> were trying to do this past off season was to attempt to reset the luxury tax so they signed a lot of lower fringe guys like the David Peraltas and Jason Haywards, and, and they kind of worked out in the regular them. season. JD Martinez batted every day, so there's a signing. I mean, the only really two platoon guys ended up being Peralta and Hayward, and that's yeah. average in my opinion. Everyone else started every day. Exactly. Once they got I don't rid know of that, what you do. 
I don't know what you do though. If you, if you do go out and get Otani, I don't know what you do with JD Martinez. Do you keep him around? I mean, oh, that's, no, that's, that's gone. That's a and tough, he's going to, and that's tough too, because I love JD. I thought he, I thought he was no, it's awesome. Not. You get Otani, it's not tough at all. Jake, uh, Au revoir. someone's going to give JD a two year, probably 35 to $40 million deal. That's how good he was this year, and it's just, and a it's smaller just tough. sample size. It's just tough. Be, it's tough because you know he's a guy that 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 can that can perform in the postseason. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, JT three, who's that? He hit the only home run, yeah, that we had, which is absolutely. crazy. Yeah, no, well, I, I I wish he would lay off uh, sliders uh, down and away, but I mean, outside of that, he was really good. Let Let me just say one thing. First of all, I love being on this show. Thank you so much, Kev, for for always having me on. Dave, Jake, I I'm I always a pleasure to have you, you know, to, to be on here with you guys and and share thoughts and you guys give me the platform and and everything like that. So I'm more than appreciative and grateful for this. Two hundred wins amidst a shit ton of adversity this year. That says something. When you have players like Chris Martin thanking the Dodger organization for saving his career, that says something about the culture. So Yes, the greatest strength can all be also be the biggest weakness. We got to be careful with this aspect of the knee-jerk reaction. Oh, blow it up. Do this, do this. Let's let's see how we can get better to add the right mix in order to get to that next level. And I think a lot of it is here. It's not talent. It's here. There's something not right here. And I don't know if it, you mentioned it earlier, Dave, I thought it was a great point. The aura where guys tense up and they feel the pressure from the fans, from the media, from their own expectations, worried about their next contract could be all of that. But that's something that has to be worked out, I think, internally, because I don't know, short of doing a mass haul, which we know is not going to happen. Let's be honest. Maybe Roberts gets fired, but who are you going to bring in? Girardi, John Farrell, Buck Showalter, Dave Kapler. loser. You gonna call talk social out of retirement when his Ultimate last six losers. years? Yes. When his Do last it. six years were were not good in Anaheim. And, so and, sh- and, yeah. So my point is, there are no easy solutions to yeah. any to any of this. Even Dave, we couldn't even figure out who could be third base next year. So if that if we can't figure out something like that, how are we gonna figure out how this team is gonna I win want in October? Craig Council, I will die on that hill. So that's my point. Let's see if we could try to change the mindset because that mm-hmm. could be the difference between winning again and getting deeper into the playoffs or continuing this uh, early 2000s Braves trend of getting bounced by a different team in the NLDS, a la Bobby I Cox. I want Craig Council as the manager. I want Chase Utley as the bench coach. I want Mark Pryor as our pitching coach, obviously. And for our hitting coach, Justin we'll, have a, we'll have an ass- assemble of Justin Turner, Adrian Gonzalez, Andre Ethier and Matt you're just Kemp. pushing JT into retirement. He had a fucking phenomenal year. He, he can would, play third for us. He'll come back. He can be He's a player closer manager. to playing third for us. How than about coaching. this? JT is a player manager. I'll take that. Actually, I would take that. That would be kind of hype. Yeah, <laughs> player manager. But, but you know, awesome. here's here's the thing though. Is like when when the Dodgers made their World Series run in 2017. Mm-hmm. That was not. This was not a a, a a a culture at that point where these guys were making deep runs in the postseason. They there was a lot of NLDS bounces, a few NLCS bounces with Mattingly and and with Dave Roberts. But 2017 was the first year that they made a really deep postseason run, and then 2018 they made a really deep postseason run. 
And then they started to get a little cocky. And I just feel like that sense of urgency, that sort of young grit, you know, Kike Hernandez, Jock Peterson, those guys were what carried those teams through the playoffs because there, there wasn't this expectation of this team needs to win a world series or bust. But after that, after they made the world series two years in a row, that's when that started because in 2019, they couldn't make it out of the NLDS and they actually played fairly decently in Mm -hmm. that series. And that was one of the series that Dave Roberts kind of lost for them in, in a big way. In along game with five. Kershaw, yeah, along with Kersh. We should get and Davey we, Martinez. We and we also talked him. about it too, and I'm uh, including 2020. Even though they were able to overcome it, they looked dead in the NLCS in 2020. They really had to get themselves off the mat to win that series and, and then go on and win the World Series. And by the way, that World Series was tough as well. Yeah. You know, it went six games. So COVID and everything. From, yeah. from that point forward, from the 2019 season, we've sort of seen this sort of expectation of like, oh, well, they've got to make the World Series because if they don't make the World Series and if they don't win it, then it's an absolute failure. So yes, I get the pressure of that. I get all the pressure of that. But for every single season from 2019, excluding 2020, from 2019, 21, 22, 23, it's the same shit with this offense. Mm -hmm. I don't get that. I don't understand it. I understand the pressure, but I don't understand how they just forget how to hit. It just, it's, it's mind blowing to me. They got to so stop winning hundred games. So now we're at the point where it's world series or bust. And we've got all this high price talent with Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. I think what, what Kevin was saying earlier in the last podcast is we need to go back to that 2017 mode and try and get guys that are, that are young, controllable talent that can, that, that are hungry and that are gritty. And not these sort of old veterans that yeah. just can't do it anymore. So, Randy, we're back to Randy. We'll get Randy. And, yeah, I mean, we have pretty we'll much have just to- Randy. Randy will be our Puig replacement. So there you go. That fits 2017 very nicely. We'll skip the Logan Forsyth part. We, we can forget that. But we need to find a shortstop that can hit. There's obviously Gavin Lux could be that guy. But I need to he needs to be healthy. I need to see it to believe it. But we'll... We'll that assume defense. Lux is in the mix somewhere in the infield. And then, yeah, we got to figure out third base. I mean, we need a left fielder. I'm telling you, we need a left fielder. Randy. Someone well, in yeah. the chat, someone in the chat actually said, suggested that, that David Rosenthal be the left fielder. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, if nice. I'm, I'm, I am a left-handed hitter. So maybe Dave will put me up in the most important situation just because there's a, a righty pitching. Can you imagine? That would be so fucking... I can't imagine it. I just watched it tonight. I don't know his contract situation. Austin Barnes had comparable stats this year. Sean says, what is Will Ferrell talking about? What do you guys think of Hassan? Will Ferrell thing? I don't understand what that... Do you guys get that? No. No. Uh, What do you guys think of Hassan Kim? I don't know if he's available, but that'd be capable clutch hitter, third baseman. I don't think he's available. Is he clutch, though? Yeah, Yeah. he is. Pretty clutch against the Dodgers. And he and he was for the Padres this year during that sleepy offense. I'm sorry. You know what? After these last three years, I I can't I can't get excited about Ha Sung Kim. I can't. Sorry. <laughs> no. Has any of my ideas like gone? It's anywhere? not a bad idea. I'm just I'm not going to personally get excited about it. If he's the opening day third baseman, go get him. 
I'm you know, you guys, you guys shot down on, on social media my Nathan Eovaldi idea, too. And look how that's going for Texas. I, I didn't. I like Nathan Eovaldi. I thought he would have been a I, great addition. I, I like his health. I'll be honest. I was, I was always scared of Nathan Eovaldi because he can't stay healthy. I think he's one of the few guys that's yeah. had two Tommy Johns. Yeah. And like I, he'd be great for the Dodgers if we already weren't stacked with a bunch of injury prone, prone pitchers. Of course. And Chris Young had to eat eat some stuff this year. He had to eat the Jacob deGrom situation. He had to eat the Max Scherzer situation. And he almost had to eat the Nathan Eovaldi thing. But that game three start that he had, plus what he did against Tampa, that shows you why he was worth it. Not to mention, who the hell would have thought that Jordan Montgomery would have been the second coming to Andy Pettit? My goodness, that dude has been fantastic for them. Yeah, I got All right, he hasn't been that great. He's been okay. He's had an okay offense is what that's we played need. well for him. Also, we okay. isn't, uh, isn't Scherzer supposed to come back in the, in the ALCS? Yes. I don't know. He's blaming Bruce Bochy for uh, more arm fatigue. Store labia. Sean says the Dodgers need Evan Longoria. Would have totally been on board three years ago, but I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. He's like the one D-back that actually didn't do anything against us. No, except for game if, one. If they don't sign Otani this offseason, the offseason is a failure. Even if they get Snell? Yes. No. I don't want Snell. I don't want, I don't Snell. want Snell. Of course you guys don't. He pitches five innings. <laughs> of course you guys don't. He pitches five innings. <laughs> Snell is that guy that once he gets paid, he's going to turn into Patrick Corbin. I'm 100%. Just couldn't agree more. Or Robbie Ray. Or Robbie. Phenomenal was, call. Phenomenal yeah, Robbie Ray is working out great this season. What do you do? He is the, he's going to be the Anthony Rendon of pitchers. <laughs> okay, come on. Anthony Rendon's got no heart. Snell cares. Snell actually does he wants care? to be great. Yeah, he kind of does. I he cares think. a hell of a lot more than Anthony Rendon. Yes, that's fair. But Snell hey, is a, Snell no is a gamer. English today. I'll he's, give him that. Snell is a gamer, but I don't want him. Of course you don't. Uh, no, <laughs> so, I don't have Yamamoto. 100%. You guys, I'm throwing out hey. ideas. All I'm hearing is Otani, and that's it. That's all I'm hearing. So for no, me, Randy, it's not. Do you, have you not been listening? We want. We okay, Randy or Rosarena. Yeah, we're I'm not gonna... asking at this point. If okay. they don't, if they don't get Otani, it's. I'm not going to call the offseason a failure, but it all hinges on what they do. This past offseason, I don't remember who people wanted. I guess Aaron Judge or Carlos Correa or resign Trey Turner. I was okay with not getting none of those guys. I thought their off season was fine and it correlated to a hundred win team. It just went to shit the last three day games. And this is what happens in a knee jerk reaction. They are good in a, in a large sample size. They are bad in a small sample size. And by the way, you know what that's almost remin also reminiscent of, I know I've mentioned the Braves a few times of the nineties and two thousands. That was also a problem with the A's in the two in the early 2000s. They were very good in the regular season, but in a small sample size. And also in the mid 2000s, like the 2012, 2013 uh, time with you know guys like Sonny Gray and I and I think um, I forgot who their manager was. I think Bob Melvin was still there. They were never good, and this is the problem sometimes when you lean on the analytics and the saber metrics. It does not play well in October. All right, we got to get out of here soon. But Chris, I'll ask you, Anna Pineda wants to know, should we go for Juan Soto? That would have to be a trade. It would never uh, happen. Yeah. Uh, nah. Too well, inconsistent. They, and did, a bad they did accept they Matt Beatty for River Ryan. But I do like the tenacity, though, of Juan Soto. That plays in October. That would be weird to trade him in the division. Yeah, it would be. Remember when we, we traded Matt Kemp for Grandall and some other scrap heaps? 
Yeah, but that was when the Padres weren't even relevant. And I think that was part of a three-team, and that was a part of a three-team deal. I think wasn't it? I don't think so. Yeah, that, was that, was, that was that that was offseason. The Padres went honestly. Early. Like I'm looking at the free agent class right now. It is disgusting after Otani. Like one of the worst you've ever seen. Throw out so, some names. Snell, Stroman, I guess. Uh, Baez, if he opts out. Votto, Hyunjin, he, our old friend. Chuck Martin, yeah, club option, free agent. Martin Perez, Jock, Grandall, Conforto, Hendricks, club option. Wainwright retired. Bellinger, Longo, Josh Bell, ugh, Hater, Mark Canna. If you're into that, Josh Hater would be so expensive though. Yeah, you have a mediocre fetish. Mark Canna is available. No, please. Oh my God. That is that that is an 0 for 15 in the postseason waiting to happen for us if we get Mark Canna. Or like two for yeah. four, two singles, like in a in a blowout game. Yeah. That yeah. That he doesn't hit the needle. It's gonna it's gonna be a weird off season, but also to the expanded. Sonny Gray. I'd take Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray was After his last blow up against Houston, pass. Of course, I would, you I would have taken course that. Gray's awesome. I would have taken that in this Sonny series. Gray is a great regular season pitcher. But look at how he does in the big markets or under pressure. Another choker. I'm good. Uh, you know what? None of it fucking matters anyway. Yeah, I mean. It matters. We need. Where's John Lackey 2.0? Where is that guy? Where's Josh Beckett 2.0? Where is that guy? Well, he, he we, Walker Bueller was that guy. And then he died for our sins of not having enough starting pitching. Yep. You could use one more established peak pitcher, even with Bueller coming back, Bobby Miller developing, Pepio Sheehan. You need gonna, one more. Corbin Burns. We're going to trade for Corbin Burns. I'm calling it now. He's going to be on the market. Let's go after Corbin Burns. Yeah, he is going to be on the market. I think. But even he yeah, got but his by ass your kicked. by your standard, he got he got hit around by the D backs. Yeah, he did. But I fuck it at this point. I'm yeah, desperate. I guess. I mean, we need pitching. Yeah. You who still replaces, gotta try, you know. Like, question. You, you gotta just, you gotta try. Who replaces right, Dave? Let's, uh, let's wrap this up. Yeah. Who replaces Dave Roberts then? Many names. Craig Council. I'm just dying. Give me on that some hill. old, old school guy who hates analytics, who just has to butt heads with Friedman, who has a feel for the game. Mike, not just get a pinch hit Colton Wong or Austin Barnes. I think in you the most just critical described, situation ever. I think you just described Don Mattingly. No, not that asshole. <laughs> Give me Mike Sosha. Give me someone old, but like kind of good. Signing still. Mike Sosha. I mean, give me Larry Boa's crazy ass. <laughs> Is he still alive? <laughs> yeah, so. yeah, he's so. alive. No, I don't want these old farts. Why would we go after the manager that could Bob win Brenly. with bring, Mike bring Trout? Bob Brenly out of retirement. <laughs> Bob Brenly. I would. You know, yeah, I, he's, in I, broad, he's in the D-backs broadcast. Yeah, he won a World Series. Yeah, he did. Uh, 21, uh, 22 years ago. Oh, someone said Lou Pinella. That would be awesome. Yes. <laughs> so on board. I would be so yeah. down for that. Another choker. Jay, remember, remember when he got swept by the Dodgers? Go ahead. Remember, remember when he got picked off? Remember when he uh, put up his hat? What the hell was that? Yeah. Can vigor? you imagine <laughs> Lou Pinella? Can you imagine Lou Pinella if these guys tried to do the Freddy dance? Oh, my God. Bring back Joe Torrey. You know what? No, 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 no. Joe Torrey, too old, winner. too old, too bad. Way too old. Good. 
No. Oh, Lou like, Brown. Let's get Lou Brown in here. <laughs> we're contenders now. Right. I might get a team, Charlie. Joe Torre is the best manager I've ever had it as a Dodgers fan in my lifetime because I didn't get to really have Lasorda. Benji Gill would actually be a really good one. That's a couple not bad. people in the chat said that. Hey, you know, Jake. Angels? Jake, you know what yeah, I don't like about some of his manager? But I, isn't he like Angels during the regular season? Oh yeah, Benji Gill. Yeah, no, he's he's good. I think I, he'll he'll get a major league position. But I wanted to see Lou Brown actually talk do a post uh, a post game scrum in major league. Yeah. I bet it sounded like uh, uh, J- Taylor's uh, hitting the ball pretty good of late. You know, we're trying to get him going again, and he's still not having a, an easy time making the right. throw from second. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Congressman Steve Garvey. That's a good one, Boomer Assassin. Steve Garvey. All right, guys. No, Senator. Convince uh, Terry Francona to not retire. It's time to close it up. Give me your final thoughts. Ben Verlander, according to Aaron uh, Pineda. My final thought, I, it, you know, through all the anger and all the frustration and all of that, I'm just sad. Like, it's just sad that we have to sit here again and talk about another postseason exit too early. And it's not like it'd be one thing if they, if the postseason exit was like, a grind, right? And they really just put in all their sweat and tears and their blood and all of that stuff. And they, and they, and they just got beat, but they weren't even competitive at any point during this series or last year, minus the one game that they won. It just wasn't competitive. Um, and I would argue that they were actually a little bit more competitive last year than this year, but oh, this for, year for sure. Just, now just not even no. competitive at all. And that's the part that's really sad because it's 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 sad that we can't keep watching this team succeed and one of these just un- insanely talented rosters just goes home again. It's just sad, and I and I think that's really what what I'll be sitting with all of tomorrow. I'm done watching baseball this season. Anybody else have final thoughts, or is it just me? Go ahead, uh, Chris. I'll go last. Um, October is a different animal. And unlike most sports, it's very difficult, like in a sport like football or basketball, where usually the best teams, usually, minus the year maybe that the Bengals went into the Super Bowl and got past the Chiefs and the Bills in the same postseason, most of the time the one or the two is going to get there. Same in basketball, right? But with the exception of last year's Miami Heat. In baseball, it is a different animal. And it's not about exactly what you did to get there. It's about what you do once you are there, how you're playing, how your confidence is, and the urgency and the tenacity that you play with that's going to resonate with everybody else. Because if you come in, especially in a short series, in a five-game series, hell, even in a seven-game series, your margin of error is not exactly there, but you at least have a little bit more time to get into your rhythm. If you don't come ready to play, even against a team that won 82 games, 83 games, you're going to get your lights turned out. So if they are in this situation again and you don't come out with a little bit of sand in your craw and you come out, oh, yeah, we'll be the – no. You're going to go down again. So something needs to change. Mindset, maybe it's a personnel issue, manager problem. I don't know. Time will tell to see what happens. But there is something wrong with how they're responding to this new format these last couple of years. And I think it is an arrogance. I think it is a, you know, we'll be all right. And it's not going to be all right. And that urgency and that adrenaline, that intensity really plays well in October. 
and you're seeing it with the Phillies and you're seeing it with the Astros and you're seeing it with a few other teams, but you're not seeing it with this Dodger team. And I, and I, like I said before, you got to meet the moment, run toward the burning building, not away from it. That was the problem. Yeah. I mean, I, I already said everything I needed to say on the last episode when I was yelling and going crazy and everything, but, um, another failure they just completely choked again they have done everything to deserve the loser choker reputation uh it's going to follow them and i do think they need to make major changes what that looks like i don't know but you can't keep doing what you're doing right now something is not clicking and you need to make a change at the top somewhere i don't know if that's just the hitting coach but that is at a minimum that guy has got to be out of town at an absolute minimum and again if you don't sign Shohei otani you failed again final thoughts are on october 13th i hope to get an announcement that the dodgers and dave roberts have parted ways i don't care if dave roberts gets hired right away let's not forget that this was just a first base coach with the padres it's not like he was that great of a proven commodity to begin with and he kind of was thrown into a lucky situation to me he's a glorified don mattingly don mattingly didn't have the bullpen don mattingly was stuck with a bunch of washed Nobody's like Carl Crawford and Josh Beckett and Homer Bailey, just a bunch of dead payroll. Here we are with Dave Roberts with some of the best rosters assembled of all time. And year after year, we are the Atlanta Braves. Now we get bounced in the first round. We have one freaking ring to show for it. That's not enough. It's just not enough. I'm boycotting Dodger dogs until we do something different. I am done giving them all my money. You can fucking forget about me going at spring training. If this is the same core, we're bringing back next season. I'm just done with this repetitive circle Um, and I'll leave it at that. So again, thank you all here in the chat for chatting along. I can't wait to go back and just read along with all these comments tomorrow. You guys were on fire tonight. If you haven't already, make sure you're subscribing. We'll have the audio feed up as well. If you missed anything or you can watch the YouTube video back, be a subscriber, hit the like button. Um, This is Kevin Klein. We've got Chris Camello, Jake Reiner, David Rosenthal here to just kind of calm your feelings as another miserable Dodgers season is in the books. God damn. What a disappointment. Zero playoff wins to show for it. And that's how I'm going to have to remember 2023. We won 162 in the regular season and 0-3 when it actually mattered in the playoffs. So burn it to the ground. Forget this season. It was fun while it lasted. But yeah, J.D. Martinez, enjoy Miami. Jason Hayward, maybe you're coming back. Maybe you're retiring. David Peralta, enjoy Japan. And Max Muncy, we're trading you to St. Louis. Maybe we'll get Nolan Arenado. And then on the free agent front, Tony Gonsolin, you might get cut. You might get cut because you can't pitch anymore. And Dave Roberts hates you for some reason. (laughs) Gavin Lux, hopefully you're back and you you learn how to run the base paths this this go around this season. Um, Mookie Betts. Stop doing the podcast. Maybe focus on the postseason this time. Freddie Freeman, learn how to dance. I'm fucking just fed up with these losers. Bunch of chokers. Don't stop dancing. Please stop dancing. Yeah, like David said. Learn how to hit. Contenders now. (laughs) Who else do I need to blast real quick? I feel like I'm forgetting someone. Bullpen. Lance Lynn. (laughs) Yeah, cut his ass. I can't wait for them to decline his ass. He's not coming back. Oprah, Oprah Winfrey over there giving up home runs to every player possible. 
And yeah, the hitting coach, fire Rob Van Skoyok into the sun. Dave Roberts, you can manage the Angels next season. You'll have you won't have Mike Trout and Shohei Otani to bail you up this time, Sonny. I think that's it. I got no one on the bullpen. I have I grievances. So, oh, Mid City Grove, you're gone. You're you're out of here, Michael Grove. Fuck that. No, I, I, he, he's. I'd like to see him in the bullpen next year. Yeah. I don't think there's. I don't think there's room. There's room. No, we got tons of losers on this team. Trust me, there's room. If they're gonna, <laughs> if they're gonna keep Michael Grove and then use that as an excuse to let Ryan Brazier walk, God damn it, these assholes got me again. Andrew Freeman. No, they got to keep that bullpen intact. That's the one. That's the one unit they need to keep. Yeah, we've got guys like JP Fireisen who's going to be healthy. So they say. Maybe yeah, no more back. no more reclamation projects. Daniel Hudson, give me Otani, give me Randy or Rosarena, or fuck all the way. Daniel off. Hudson tore both that? his knees, so he can't tear a third knee. Maybe he can pitch for us this season. Mm-hmm. Bring back Blake Triner on a miners contract. All right, we're out of here. Everyone, thank you so much for following along for the Incline Dodgers podcast. That concludes 2023. I don't know when we'll be back, but you'll hear from us sooner rather than later. Good night, everyone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.